Good evening, friends. Today is Thursday, the 26th of March, 2020. Our readings for this evening are Psalm, thir- Psalm 73, Exodus 1, 6 through 22, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 26, and the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, verses 27 through chapter 9, verse 1. I hope that, I hope that you are all well and safe and happy. Finding joy even in the midst of turmoil. Let us begin in the Book of Common Prayer. On page 115. Yours is the day, O God, yours also the night. You established the moon and the sun. You fixed all the boundaries of the earth. You made both summer and winter. I will bless God who gives me counsel. My heart teaches me night after night. I have set God always before me. Because God is at my right hand, I shall not fall. Dear friends in Christ, here in the presence of Almighty God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins so that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Psalm 73. Truly God is good to the upright, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled, my steps had nearly slipped. For I was envious of the arrogant, I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For they have no pain, their bodies are sound and sleek. They are not in trouble as others are, they are not plagued like other people. Therefore pride is their necklace, violence covers them like a garment. Their eyes swell out with fatness. Their hearts overflow with follies. They scoff and speak with malice. Loftily they threaten oppression. They set their mouths against heaven and their tongues range over the earth. Therefore the people turn and praise them and find no fault in them. And they say, how can God know? Is there knowledge in the Most High? Such are the wicked. Always at ease they increase in riches. 
All in vain I have kept my heart clean and washed my hands in innocence. For all day long I have been plagued and am punished every morning. If I had said I will talk on in this way, I would have been untrue to the circle of your children. But when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I perceived their end. Truly you set them in slippery places. You make them fall to ruin. How they are destroyed in a moment, swept away utterly by terrors. They are like a dream when one awakes. On awaking you despise their phantoms. When my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in heart, I was stupid and ignorant. I was like a brute beast toward you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will receive me with honor. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire other than you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Indeed, those who are far from you will perish. You put an end to those who are false to you. But for me, it is good to be near God. I have made God my refuge to tell of all your works. A reading from Exodus, chapter 1, verses 6 through 22. Then Joseph died, and all his brothers, and that whole generation. But the Israelites were fruitful and prolific. They multiplied and grew exceedingly strong, so that the land was filled with them. Now a new king arose over Egypt, who did not know Joseph. He said to his people, Look, the Israelite people are more numerous and more powerful than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, or they will increase. And in the event of war, join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to oppress them with forced labor. They built supply cities, Pithom and Ramses for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread, so that the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. The Egyptians became ruthless in imposing tasks on the Israelites and made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and brick and in every kind of field labor. They were ruthless in all the tasks that they imposed on them. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was called Shiphrah and the other Puah, When you act as midwives to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a boy, kill him, but if it is a girl, she shall live. But the midwives feared God. They did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but they let the boys live. So the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this and allowed the boys to live? The midwife said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. So God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and became very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, Every boy that is born to the Hebrews you shall throw into the Nile, but you shall let every girl live.
Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. O gracious light, pure brightness of the ever-living Creator in heaven, O Jesus Christ, holy and blessed, now as we come to the setting of the sun and our eyes behold the vesper light, we sing your praises, O God, Creator, Incarnate, and Holy Spirit. You are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices, O Son of God, O Giver of life, and to be glorified through all the worlds. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 26. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as, he, as God chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker, indispensable, and those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor, and our less respectable members are treated with greater respect, whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. My soul proclaims the greatness of God. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For God has looked with favor on God's creation. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is God's name. God has mercy on those who fear them in every generation. God has shown the strength of their arm. They have scattered the proud in their conceit. God has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things and the rich they have sent away empty. God has come to the help of their servant Israel, for they have remembered their promise of mercy the promise they made to our forebears, to Abraham and Sarah and their children forever. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of Jesus Christ according to Mark. 
Glory to you, gracious Christ. Mark chapter 8, verse, verse 27 through chapter 9, verse 1. Jesus went on with his disciples to the village of Caesarea Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. He asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan! For you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his parent with the holy angels. And he said to them, Truly I tell you, there are some some standing here who will not taste death until they see that the kingdom of God has come with power. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise to you, gracious Christ. Let us affirm our faith together. We believe in God, the nurturer and teacher, from whom is named every family in heaven and on earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, begotten of divine love, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with that love. We believe in God, the Holy Spirit, She strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, source of all being, love incarnate, spirit of truth. Amen. God be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your sovereignty come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Show us your mercy, O Lord and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O God, in all the world. 
for only in you can we live in safety. God, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O God, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. Gracious God, whose blessed Son, Jesus Christ, came down from heaven to be the true bread which gives life to the world, evermore give us this bread, that Christ may live in us and we in him, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Most holy God, the source of all good desires, all right judgments, and all just works, Give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give, so that our minds may be fixed on the doing of your will, and that we, being delivered from the fear of all enemies, may live in peace and quietness, through the mercies of Christ Jesus our Savior. Amen. Be our light in the darkness, O God, and in your great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of your only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Keep watch, dear God, with those who work or watch or weep this night, and give your angels charge over those who weep. Tend the sick, gracious Christ. Give rest to the weary. Bless the dying. Soothe the suffering. Pity the afflicted. Shield the joyous. And all for your love's sake. Amen. Now is the time for personal prayers and reflections and some thoughts on the readings. I would focus particular healing prayer, especially um, for a coworker of mine who is in the hospital with his wife and either their new baby on the way or their new baby just born. This is a difficult time to be in the hospital. I've even heard that in some places, I don't know if it's true here, but in some places, they're only allowing the mother into the delivery room. There's no partner or, or um, spouse allowed. And so I, I hope that that is not the case. And I hope that with everything going on, mother and baby stay healthy and well and that the delivery is uncomplicated. I pray also for all of us right now um, that we may be that this shaking may shake us into the, a transformative process. Um, I know it feels really unsteady right now, and there's so much there's just so much. There's just a lot. So God, may you be with us in the middle of this strangely muffled chaos and guide us through and may we be transformed another glory closer to the beautiful and divine beings 
that we are and that you have created us to be. Amen. I would like to read a came prayer and then have some silence. Usually I pause so that we don't have all this dead air, but I'm going to leave the recording going tonight and we will just have some silence together. Feel free as always to fast forward me if you would like to. This is the same one that I read the other day. It's um, by Christine Sine, which is sign like sine curve, S-I-N-E. Circle us, God. Circle the poor with your justice. Circle the violent with your peace. Circle the broken with your wholeness. Circle us, God. Circle us with the wonder of your love, with the beauty of your creating, with the glory of your presence. Circle us, God, one in three, three in one. Circle us with the joy of your abiding. Let's say that one more time. I'll say it kind of slow so maybe we can say it together. Circle us, God. Circle the poor with your justice. Circle the violent with your peace. Circle the broken with your wholeness. Circle us, God. Circle us with the wonder of your love with the beauty of your creating, with the glory of your presence. Circle us, God, one in three, three in one. Circle us with the joy of your abiding. Amen. And now let's have that silence, friends.
Amen. Thank you, friends. So let's share a few thoughts about the readings today. Let's start with the psalm. Um, I know you guys are going to laugh because I always say, I don't have much to say, and then I just wax on. What I want to hold on to from, from Psalm 73 is nevertheless. In verse 23, it says, nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. And the verses that precede us say, When my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in heart, I was stupid and ignorant. I was like a brute beast towards you. I think we should be a little bit more compassionate with our former selves. We were doing the best we could. Is the saying that's attributed to Maya Angelou, Angelou, I don't know if it's really hers or not, goes, um, when you know better, do better. We didn't know better. We did the best we could in that time. But that being said, for whatever reason, we weren't as closely connected to God or we weren't following God with as much will or there were things coming in between, whatever it was. Nevertheless, God was with us. So insert into the blank here, whatever it is, sickness, grief, anger, frustration, a lot of the psalms are angry psalms. Even this one talks a whole lot about why are these unrighteous people who just do wicked and enjoy it thriving and prospering. You know, there's a lot of that. You might feel that way. I know I certainly feel that way sometimes. So whatever it is, if it's any of these things that I've listed or something else, whatever it is, nevertheless, God is with us. God is with you, my friend personally. Now our reading in Exodus, so a new king comes, and that king doesn't know Joseph, and Joseph's generation has passed on, and so this new ruler feels threatened. And isn't that funny? The ruler before saw Joseph as a great help and entrusted Joseph with a great many things, but this next king sees him as a threat. There's a shift in perspective, and that shift in perspective changes everything. The Hebrews and the Egyptians go from a very symbiotic relationship to an incredibly adversarial relationship. And the Egyptian king wants to destroy the Hebrews, to kill, to massacre all of the baby boys. Because this is his violent response. He doesn't see another way to end the threat. So I would ask here that, that God open our hearts and minds and spirits to discern another way when we sense a threat. I know we're wired for fight or flight. But I believe that there is a third way, the way of love, Jesus' way. And I believe that that third way can be chosen by all parties, the oppressed or the oppressor or the bystander or the colluder. 
any and all can choose the third way. And in this case, the midwives did that. The midwives were more loyal to God than they were to the king of Egypt. And that's a really tricky spot to be in, isn't it, friends? I bet some of you have been under the authority of a human and felt that their direction was contrary to the direction of God. And what did you do? Did you choose God's way? Did you choose loyalty to God? I'll answer my own question with the compassion that I asked us to have for ourselves when talking about the psalm. You did the best you could at the time. I know you did. I did. And it, it's confusing for me that the midwives lie to the king of Egypt and that they are rewarded. Now, they're not rewarded for lying. They're rewarded for choosing to follow God above all others. But we're also taught not to lie, right? But it's not black and white. It's not binary. All we can do is do our best to discern what's right. And we're not going to be 100%. But grace will cover the rest. It's tricky and it's tough. We don't have to confess to the world. We don't have to entrust the untrustworthy with our confidences. But we do have to seek God first and do our best. That is all God asks of us. And God loves us and God makes our best enough. Our New Testament reading, and forgive me, I think I said Old Testament. I'm really working on changing my language. And and you see me kind of stop and stutter. I'm doing my best to be more inclusive in my language, but it, it doesn't always flow, so thank you for bearing with me. Um, at any rate, our reading from Second or 1 Corinthians... What I want to key on on here is verse 26. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. This is what community looks like. Community looks like communal suffering and communal joy and drawing together. Too often we do the opposite. I'm not talking about right now with social distancing. That is done out of love, um, I hope and believe. I'm talking about when we have somebody who is suffering in our midst and the withdrawing from the suffering as if it's contagious that we sometimes have. We do this a lot with things like mental illness 
addictions? Like, have you ever been at a church where the 12-step meeting is letting out or coming in and kind of crossing streams with one of the high church groups? Those folks don't always mingle together, do they? Now, this isn't always true. Again, not absolutes. Um, I, I often see it at my church, um, those groups mixing together and sometimes spreading into each other and overlapping, and I think that's wonderful. But I also see t- sometimes like the stinky guy in the back and everybody's kind of avoiding him. We are meant to hurt for each other. And to help each other, not with pity, but with the compassion that feels for each other. Once upon a time, I spoke Spanish. And the words that we use to mean, I'm sorry, lo siento, you could translate that I feel for, um, and I think that is, that is the truest compassion is I actually feel it. I feel your heart. We are, I am, I am allowing myself to be connected to you and your suffering. And in the same way, we should allow each other to be connected in joy. So unfortunately common is the response when somebody else is, is in joy, to have jealousy or to compare, let us rejoice together and let us suffer together and be all better for it. And when we get to our gospel reading, it tells us that... Hang on, I have to get to it. <laughs> It tells us that Jesus understood that he must undergo great suffering. Jesus entered into our suffering. Jesus took all of our suffering upon himself. As with everything, Jesus is the epitome. Jesus is the perfect example And when the suffering seems too much, realize that we are not carrying it. We're not carrying it on our own. The divine is within us, and the divine transforms that suffering. We don't enter into communal suffering and then take that on our individual and human selves. We don't. We give it to the divine. We give it to Christ. And it is transformed. We are transformed. A pathway is opened for transformation and healing and redemption, even restoration and reparation, friends. Don't be afraid to feel it. Don't be afraid to connect to it. Don't be afraid to open those doors prayerfully. 
and in a way that is protected by Christ. I'm not saying fling the doors of your soul wide open to whatever comes knocking. No, friends, I am saying prayerfully meet the rest of creation in our current context. And right now in this time of Lent and epidemic and isolation, a lot of that context is suffering. But Christ is with us and in us. And we are conduits of that grace. That we allow suffering to flow through us to God and what we get back in return is not more suffering but love and grace and healing So that's the unfathomable math of God, that we do not get back what we give, either in substance or in number. We get back so much better and magnified beyond exponentially. And friends, that is nothing to be ashamed of. That is something to rejoice in. And it does not matter. If we are mocked or misunderstood or unheeded because it is not what they, what people say It is what we know to be true. And someday they will know it too. But it's not the public that defines the divine. That is far too limiting. And it's not the public that defines us or you either, my darling, for you are divinely created as well. It is rather that God who made you called you by name and you are who God says you are and God is who you know God to be. And that is faith. And it is more than enough, even when it's hard. I think that's all I have to say about that, friends. Thank you very much. I love you all. Please continue to pray. I pray for communal healing for our global communities, for our small circles, 
for all the businesses and the people. the institutions, the processes. May healing be upon us all, dear God. May we enter into this time of communal suffering and take part in transforming it to a time of communal healing. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in God's name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. Glory to God whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. <laughs>